Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Internet Friends Podcast, where two friends who met on the internet uh, talk about life. How's it going? I'm Charlie? pretty good. <laughs> we were just talking about how we're both like a little bit tired and a little bit loopy um, for no real mm-hmm. reason other than just existing through life <laughs> right now. Um, same as yeah, always. It, it's. <laughs> It's just 2021, you know. It's just normal 2021 things. Yeah, unfortunately, things are things are still carrying on, but we kind of predicted that that was going to be the case, did we not? <sighs> I mean, I don't know why people thought like 2021 was magically going to bring like all of the world's problems to a close, but yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully Trumpy boy gets He's been impeached, but hopefully the next step of the process happens to him too. I can't remember what the exact title of that is. Um, and hopefully Joe Biden is actually brought into office without any to anything major happening. So I know at this point, I'm almost like, like, I think anything could happen. Like if they told me that like a band of killer zombies started to attack protesters, I, I like I would be like oh yeah okay another day in America like <laughs> yeah it's oh man I've been listening to more and more things um about the actual thing over the last week since we recorded because when we recorded the last episode it may have only gone out yesterday by our timeline of when we were recording this but when we recorded the previous episode everything had just happened um since then I've been listening to The Daily from the New York Times, um, reading a whole bunch of different articles, just hearing like the reporter's perspective on everything that went down inside from the inside and like um, perspectives from all of the representatives that were in there. I think that AOC released like a 60 minute video last night talking about it, which I haven't watched yet, but I do want to watch because apparently it was quite powerful. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit crazy. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't watched anything. I've like completely distanced myself from it, which is I fair. Just, also, like, yeah, I just feel like emotionally, I'm just like not there anymore. I'm like, I, I, I'm running out of fucks to give for how messed up the states is. Yeah, which I think is a totally fair um, perspective to have at this point, right? Like, it's been, it's a lot. A lot has been happening. <laughs> And they could just chill out for like five minutes and let the whole world recover. I said something last week, which I laughed at when I was editing it yesterday. It just, you know, just as is, as it is, um, which is basically like, can we just put the US on mute? And when I heard that again yesterday, yeah. I was just like, I wish. Could we just do that for a bit? That'd be nice. Yeah. Just let them, let's just like build a bubble around them and let them sort their shit out. And then they can like leave the bubble once once they're they've got their shit together yeah but in slightly brighter news last week's episode which we didn't realize when we were recording was our first uh episode in the double digits we finally hit double digits for the pod (laughs) oh yeah i saw that we were we hit number episode 10 which is exciting yeah i am very proud of us (laughs) i know which makes this number 11 and 11's um my favorite number i'm i've never really had a favorite number like I've always I how do people have such like a passionate opinion about a number but over time I've started buying into it I've started not believing in but like I've read more about the idea of angel numbers with like 11 11 and 
like the amount of times I look at the clock and it's an 11, 11 happens at least once a day. I reckon of the two that I should mm-hmm. see, I reckon I see at least one of them most days. Um, so I can see that it's yeah. Do yeah. some reading on it if you want. I don't, I, like- I couldn't speak on it personally cause I don't know enough about it, but my mom's like super into angel numbers. She like is a, a firm believer in triple numbers and like all that kind of stuff. And so I, ever since I was a kid, she would always like point them out when she'd see them. And so now whenever I'm like in a car, if like someone's license plate or if I'm just like looking at addresses or something, and if like I see a triple number, I always am like, hmm, I wonder what that means. And then I like look it up. <laughs> I'm like, what's the universe trying to tell me today? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's. It's yeah. interesting what you pick up from your parents, eh? Yeah, totally. I, I am I am literally just a diluted version of my parents. Yeah. I think we all are. Yeah. I think we have to be. I think it's the yeah. only way that <laughs> that life kind of exists. You end up being a diluted version of your parents. Especially if you spend so much time around them like we both do. Because we both have like yeah. pretty great families that we spend a lot of time around, which we're very fortunate to have. Um, this is kind of funny though, because this kind of conversation is leaning into what we're going to be talking about at a certain point in the episode today, a little bit, kind of right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Personalities. Yeah. Personality tests. We. Enneagram. Yeah. So we've maybe mentioned before that we recorded like a handful of episodes, um, when we were deciding we were going to do this podcast and then very quickly they got out of date because things were moving so fast with COVID, Um, that we decided to just start from scratch and re-record a couple and just sort of move on from there. One of the ones that we did was us doing the Enneagram test because everyone was talking about it at the time. Um, Cole and I very much um, quite appreciate the the 16 personalities test. What's the official name for it? There's There's an official name. I think it's just 16 personalities. I think there's some other. The INFJ. No, that's what we are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Coley and I are the same. Which ENFT is funny. tests? Yeah, I don't know exactly what it's called, but there is there is like some more official name that the 16 personalities is like a more commercialized, easy to market kind of a name. I understand. Yeah. Um so we've both done that. Both of us and like quite a few people around us in our lives um have done the test, seen a lot of value in it. Um, partly from an understanding each other perspective, but also understanding ourselves and why we do things. Um, I know that for my friend Zara, it made her realize that she was actually a lot more analytical than she thought that she was. And it explained a lot of different parts of what she does for work and all these different things. Cause she does like spreadsheeting and all that sort of stuff in her job. Um, and why she sort of loves that sort of stuff. Cause her brain is a lot more analytical than she thought it was. Um, so we thought that we'd try the Enneagram test because why not it's kind of in the same realm and we both weren't super stoked on it (laughs) we yeah i I thought it was kind of dumb but uh, yeah i just like i i was just like i it basically tied me like almost to this exact percentage between like four different numbers and i'm like okay but then what am I? Yeah. Because I always see all these people on Instagram and they're like, oh, oh, all my type fives. Don't you like get me for this like weird meme? And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get it. What is this? What does this mean? Because I was like five things. Does that mean I get to be like five numbers? Do I, am I supposed to repost five different memes? No, that makes, I want something that's more concise. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought that we would give it a second shot. 
and see if everything comes out differently, better. The last time we did this, we did record us doing the test. We are not going to do this, this that this time. One, because we know that if we did that, we would be here for a damn long time. Two, I don't want to edit yeah. through it, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> um, and three, we figured that the most value was actually in the conversation at the end as to what we ended up being, whether we think the test is um, actually worthwhile, um, especially considering the 16 personality test is quite well regarded and um, we personally feel is quite accurate. So should we say what our, our, our 16 personalities is first? So we're both INFJ dash T's. Yes, we're both. Which means. What does it mean? Introverted, something judgmental. No, INFJ. I uh, I don't remember. I know J stands for judgmental, and I know I stands for introverted. I can't remember what the middle two are. Neither can I. Because <laughs> I actually never knew what that breakdown meant. I didn't take stock of that, which is a little bit annoying. But we're also both more turbulent than we are. Um, yeah, which means we feel our emotions, which is definitely true. <laughs> to the core. <laughs> Introverted, uh, intuitive, feeling judgmental. Yeah. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when it, when it says judgmental, it doesn't mean that like we judge other people. It means that we... Um, like are like a bit more analytical we like structure and order we look at things and like judge situations mm. a lot um feeling prioritize people's emotions um intuitive uh like yeah see our feelings and stuff introverted i mean is an obvious one um and i think our our little like our little mm, meme picture thing is we're the advocate yeah so for the 16 personalities website we're both advocates um which according to them is like quite a small percent of people i'm using quote marks here um but you know i know they every person i know is an i and maybe that's just because i like surround myself with people but they say on it like advocates are the rarest personality types of all and they leave their marks on the world. We have people like Nelson Mandela, uh, Morgan Freeman, Gaga Marie Kondo, Nelson Mandela. I already said that. Martin Luther King apparently is one. I don't know. From memory, there's like positives and negatives to it, which I'll pull up the thing quickly. I think there's positives and negatives to every personality type. Oh, too. yeah. And I'm I just meaning like what are the positives and negatives for our one? Because I can't remember. As context as we go into the... Enneagram. Um, we are creative, insightful, principled, passionate, and altruistic. Um, our weaknesses are sensitive to criticism, reluctant to open up, perfectionistic, um, avoiding the ordinary, which... Altru- what does altruistic mean? Um, well, the definition is um, advocates generally aim to use their strengths for the greater good. They really enjoy seeing, uh, succeeding at other people's expense. They tend to think about how their actions affect others and their goal is to behave in a way that will help people around them and make the world a better place. I am. Um, I, I just pulled up the website and I'm, I'm laughing so hard at the like weaknesses of the advocate because they're all the so accurate. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, prone to burnout. Yes. Um, avoiding the ordinary. 
which means like motivated by a sense of having a greater purpose. Yeah, I was about uh, to try and define avoiding the ordinary. I was trying to read it through to figure out exactly what was what it meant. Yeah. But yeah. Re- reluctant to open up about their problems, sensitive to criticism. Like that's just like me to a yeah. T. Uh, I am yeah. all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, here, here's a question for you. Do you believe in like, do you believe in horoscopes? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, I don't really believe in them. Like, I don't think if you read your daily horoscope, that's going to actually mean anything for what your day is going to be like. Um, I think they're also open-ended that you could apply any damn situation in your life to what is drafted in any of them. Um, do I believe that my zodiac sign is kind of accurate? I mean, there are parts of my personality that are definitely accurate to my zodiac sign, but I don't necessarily think that defines my whole personality. See, I I don't think my zodiac sign like applies to me at all. I would say that like the only uh, like so yeah, because I, I just know like a lot of people like also hold their zodiac sign as a large part of their personality and they identify their like their personality with it a lot. And I just I just really don't like I the only like Capricorn thing about me is maybe my work ethic. But even that's questionable. So like. Whenever I whenever I hear people going on about it and sometimes like people in my DMs will message me like Capricorn memes thinking that I'm like things. And I'm like, I, yeah, I guess that's funny. But like, I just don't identify with it at all because I really don't feel like I am a Capricorn <laughs> based off of the descriptions. So like, I always am curious if like, what are you? Hold on. I'm just getting a call from my brother. OK, right. Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> Alrighty, we're back at it. Um, my my star sign. I'm a Taurus. Oh, I have no idea what that means. Um, well, <laughs> I I I know like bits and pieces of it, but I don't know a huge amount of it. Let's see. Um, we'll read the first paragraph, shall we? Smart, ambitious, and trustworthy, Taurus is the anchor of the Zodiac. Amazing friends, colleagues, and partners, Taurians value honesty above all else and are proud that their personal relationships tend to be drama-free. Bulls get the reputation of being stubborn, but they're not always stuck in their ways. This searching sign is willing to see another point of view, but they won't flip-flop on an opinion just to make someone else happy. They will shift their thinking only if they truly have a change of heart. Um, Hard-working, never afraid to roll up their sleeves... Won't blink an eye at pulling an all-nighter to get the job done. Um, anchored by the earth, this passionate sign is all about sensuality, apparently. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. Um, and whether they're indulging in luxurious massages, spending hours in bed with their lover, ooh, or going on a long run. Ooh. Torians love feeling present in their body and frequently need to get in touch with their physical self. Um, all these different things. They have trouble respecting authority, apparently. <laughs> Which I yeah like I, I I only respect authority if if that res- if there's like if they earn the respect for the th- for the authority if you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I've always been like that it's like I will be I was always the kid who was like incredibly respectful to my teachers if they were worthy of that respect and I just didn't give a crap about them if they didn't earn that respect I wasn't actively like a pain in the ass to them but like I was respectful to the teachers that were that earned that respect. So we're both in the same, um, like, uh, um, 
astrology family because Capricorn and Taurus are both the like, and I think Virgo is the other one. Right. The the Earth elements. Right. Well, that makes sense. Do you have Which, a little description um, for yours, or do you want me to look up your one on the website I was on? What website were you on? Horoscope.com, apparently. Yeah, so smart, hardworking, and fully in control of their destiny. Capricorns will always get what they set their mind to in both personal and professional life. No excuses. They um, have the reputation of being stubborn, but they simply know what they want and also know how they wish other people would behave. Um, Capricorns thrive on order and love strict rules, hierarchy, and set ways to do things, which is where I don't feel like this is me. I am mm-hmm. stubborn and I do work hard, but I, that is definitely not me. Um, um, uh, yes, they can, but they uh, uh, can a Capricorn think outside the box? Yes, they can, but they prefer when they have strict boundaries to constrain against. Free reign can make them feel paralyzed by choice. Capricorns are great at climbing the corporate ladder and especially adept at making. Um, making I lost my place because a pop-up came up oh yeah oh and are are especially adept at making and investing money Capricorns love family and put a lot of stock in traditions a Capricorn might stress themselves out trying to do everything perfectly and uh, they feel like they must present a home-cooked meal every day and would never admit to doing drive-through or takeout also not true this girl loves (laughs) sushi and ramen <laughs> I know. I take. I fucking had takeout today. Literally, um, Capricorns believe presentation is everything, and their homes are usually Instagram worthy. Uh, Capricorns, uh, yeah. Except for my place is like always a fucking mess. The fundamentals of how your so, place like, is designed is immediately Instagram worthy, no matter what corner of the building you're in. Clutter aside, yeah, I just, yeah, I just feel like I feel like that's just because of like my, my love for like interior design, mm. not so much like, because I feel the need to make sure that it, like, I feel like the way that they're wording it is like, I do it because I feel like other people need to see that my life is perfect, oh, yeah, fair. but it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, we are, um, loyal friends and have a funny and sly sense of humor when you get to know them, but it's, um, and it's fun drawing them out of their shells in love, Capricorn is a true partner who is laser focused on helping their partner find success and happiness um, and will dive into a relationship like a job, believes that hard work can make a bond as strong as possible. Um, sometimes a romantic conversation may veer to- uh, towards feeling like a board meeting, especially when actions and improvement plans. But if you roll with it, they have a point. Your bond will be stronger. I don't know. Yeah. And like. I just look at like they have this little thing where it's like um what's what's a word when you have like a letter and then they put like a, a an, an adjective for each lever letter uh I don't know so they it, yeah, it's like a poem style yeah I'm so looking, like I'm looking the, at it right the, now so I know what it looks like yeah like confident analytical practical responsible intelligent caring organized realistic neat I'm not organized and I'm not neat I'm definitely not practical sometimes. <laughs> I think you're practical and when like, it comes I, to I like life to f- stuff. I don't think that you're necessarily practical when it comes to like being able to do like physical job things necessarily. I think you're practical about life in general though. Uh, I don't feel like I am. Like sometimes I feel like I choose the hardest option <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I definitely, uh, but apparently. Capricorn's greatest challenges. Capricorns can be incredibly hard on themselves. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I feel like everyone's hard on themselves. Yeah, I think that you and I are harder on ourselves than a lot of people oh, are. Though. I also don't agree with, like, I think the biggest thing is um, with Capricorn that I just feel like I don't agree with is that people people say that Capricorns like to stay in their own box and they feel like they, they like to have rules and that they think, like, and I think that one of my greatest strengths is my ability to think outside of the box and to go about things in an in unconventional way. And I just don't really think that there's only one way to do things, which is... I think such mm-hmm. a, a strong thing that they always describe Capricorns as, and that's just not like something I personally identify with. But I also have been told that because I was supposed to be a Sagittarius and I was on the cusp of a Sagittarius and I, my, because I was like due late that some, some of my astrology friends tell me that I should be looking at both and that I'm 50, 50. And when I, if I, if I look at it that way, yeah, I can take like 50% of Capricorns, um, like personality traits and 50% of Sagittarius's, um, personality traits. And if you mesh them together, then yeah, I would feel like that's me. But at the same time, I don't identify fully with either of them. Yeah, which now that you say that is interesting to me because I was almost two weeks late. Um, so was and I. then, oh, look at us being stubborn about leaving the womb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I ended up, I mean, my due date, I believe, was still within Taurus anyway. I ended up landing sort of still smack in the middle um, because I was born on the 8th of May. And Taurus is the 20th of April to the 20th of May. So I was still, I was due to be a Taurus and I became more of a Taurus by stubbornly staying in my mother's womb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I was supposed to be a Sagittarius and then I was born like, I think 11 days late or something like that. Mm. Um, And I, I was still only born like four days off of being a Sagittarius. So I'm still like, according to astrology, like in the cusp of being one. My, I was born on Mother's Day. Mm. Isn't that cute? When is Mother's Day in um, New Zealand? First Sunday of May, unless it lands on the 1st of May, then it lands on the 8th of May, which is my birthday. Okay, wait, I just asked you that and I know when your birthday is. I don't know why I just (laughs) So like, Every once in a while, my birthday will be on Mother's Day, which is going to be incredibly conflicting for me when I have children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want a separate Mother's Day present to my birthday present, please. No, I'm not really like that. I'm really not like super presence oriented. Me, but... I'm sorry. I, I've lived my entire life with Jesus overshadowing my birthday. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, okay. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I have Christmas as my like combo thing. So I think you yeah. can handle sometimes it being <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, okay you're totally right <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i promise you it's fine so the point being i think um that you I, I like reading over mine i can see that mine is pretty accurate to me anyway um i'd have to like do like the whole chart thing and decide whether that was super accurate but like i i don't let it rule my life I don't let it 
like I don't make life decisions based on my zodiac ever because I, I just don't I'm not invested in it the way that a lot of yeah. people are I think that like I just like it's not even so much like when I read the Capricorn description I'm like okay sure like maybe that could be me but it's the memes that I always see about Capricorns that I just never agree with I'm like that's not me at all like the way that mm. the internet memes Capricorns I'm like that's not who I am at all mm. Yeah, I I definitely think that if the zodiac has any weight weight on our personalities, that life will change how you react to things anyway. So you maybe wouldn't end up being that kind of person no matter what, because everyone experiences life differently, right? So, mm-hmm. like this is why I kind of put more stock in the sixteen personalities quiz because the things that you've learned and the things that you have done to like not change your personality, but like as your personality has developed, will be baked into the answer that you get in the 16 personalities quiz, which you won't necessarily get out of the Zodiac. Um, and I think that the 16 personalities, especially if you do it, re- if you do it regularly is good because it gives you like an idea of where you're sitting at the time. So like if you change over time as like, as who you are then you will see that reflected in your personality quiz results and will give you an idea of where your mind is at currently i think is it's probably like a better representation of who you are as you grow as a person yeah yeah i yeah that i agree with zara took it again recently and was the same personality type but she noticed that her slider on the introverted to extroverted um had shifted so like she was still oh, yeah. the same personality type but she's become more introverted over the last year and a half whether that's a result of covid or getting older we don't know but <laughs> probably probably the getting older a little thing. bit of both probably a little bit of both but in new zealand things haven't been too terribly different for going out and about though so <sighs> jealous <laughs> i know sorry i need to keep i need to stop talking about it because <laughs> i okay. feel guilty no i know it's like you can't it, yeah and like I I feel guilty that I'm able to do things that I know like some of my friends aren't able to do because they're in like full-blown lockdown like in Quebec for instance they like literally have um, a curfew currently so if you're caught outside of your house between like 8 p.m and 5 a.m you get fined like a shit ton of money because that's how bad COVID Mm. is right now back east so I yeah like I'm still allowed to go get my hair done and I'm still allowed to go to the gym and I'm still allowed to like go to a restaurant I just am not allowed to see my friends and I think that's like like I would I would honestly take like not getting my hair done and going to the mall or going to the gym or doing anything if it just meant that I could see like two of my friends <laughs> yeah but I, know. I get it it's fine should we take the test yeah so based on what we've talked about thus far with the 16 personalities quiz and the zodiacs both you and I thought that we would enjoy and appreciate the Enneagram test right Mm -hmm. everyone was talking about it everyone was so excited about it everyone was so passionately like oh my god this is amazing I'm definitely this personality type but when we took it we were underwhelmed it felt like we got less information out of it than we did out of the 16 personalities quiz Um, it didn't really highlight anything that I didn't already know from the 16 personalities quiz but it also confused me because there were things in there that I didn't necessarily I don't know. Your one was especially confusing before. So what I reckon we'll do is we will go and do the test and then we will come back and we can compare our results and see if they're different to last time. Cause I think I still have the screenshots that we took from the last time we did it. 
Oh, do you? Okay, good. Because I, I don't know if I do. I probably do, but I don't know where they are. I think that we text them to each other. So at the very least, they'll be in our messages somewhere. Okay. So we will be back in like a split second for you guys. But like, I don't know, 30 minutes for us, maybe. <laughs> okay. Am I louder again? Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely louder. <laughs> Every time I plug my headphones in, I can visibly see the change because Coley just like takes, does this like slightly taken aback like face yeah, because it, like, the audio changes so much <laughs> yeah it's like such a drastic change it's so funny that it's so drastic anyway we have taken not one of these tests but two two of the free ones yeah. that people tend to recommend there was a third one but it cost 60 bucks and we are not doing that um <laughs> no matter how good a test it is but we have been semi-silent while doing this we've been talking about the questions a little bit but we have not revealed what we got yet we've been very good about not talking about it and it's been quite hard but we've been doing it i will say we're trying to be good we're trying to be good yeah we've been we've been very good so what kind of results are you looking at what 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 do you think so far so what i think is interesting Mm -hmm. is i got different results from both tests right but the more i'm looking at it and so this is my this is my biggest gripe with the Enneagram test in general is like I scored within like 2% or sorry of like 4% of like four things. And like, how am I 96% or sorry, 98% one thing, 97% something, 96% something. And then also 96% something. Do you know what I mean? Like, how am I like that? That's too close in my brain. Yeah. So the implication that I got from it was that, um, like each like little section of the circle, the things around it are kind of similar personality things to the one next to it, if that makes sense. So as you go around the circle, things that are adjacent to your predominant number will be kind of similar things to your personality as in like they're similar things. So like my quarter is very much the like caring for others and all those sorts of things. Whereas like the very opposite side of the circle is probably like the extroverted party people. <laughs> Yeah, so what's weird about it is, like, I have two that are on this side of the circle that's really high, and then two on the other side of the circle that are really high. Right. See, what's funny about that is I think that's what happened to you last time. Yeah. Am I, maybe I just have a split personality. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I have a theory, so I'm just going to go off of my theory anyways. Okay, should we should we start with theories or should we explain what we got? We should probably put them out of their misery and tell them what we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on the first test, I got Enneagram type 7. Okay. And on the other test, I got Enneagram type 8. Interesting. Okay, so I am looking at your circle things so the two tests that we took we took one from a website called crystalnose.com and the other one we took was from a website called is it truity i can't read it from this far away yeah truity Truity truity.com sorry my laptop is really far away because it has some weird interference thing with my microphone that makes it go all jittery so i'm like reaching my arm like really far across my desk to um control my computer um, but the first time we did this, you're not necessarily your highest two, but I think seven was your highest and I think eight was up there. I don't think it was your, your next highest necessarily looking at the wedges, but it was up there. Um, mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me too terribly much. Did you get an eight on the one with the pretty rainbow spiral then? 
Yeah, so I got an eight on the one on the big circle with mm-hmm. the that tells you like your percentages for each one, and I got a seven for the um, crystal test that we did. Okay, so interesting. So yours has changed slightly from the last time we did it. Um, you got a seven predominantly on the truity.com one last time. Um, for me, I got um, type two for both of my tests. Um, my second highest wedge on the Truity one was a type one, and then my third was a type. Um, sorry, my second highest was a type nine, and my third highest was a type one. So mine are all very like strongly high in the sort of nine to two area. Cole's just sent me a text of hers. I'm just going to move away from the microphone while she says something in commentary to that, so I can screenshot this and send it to her. Um, I just sent you a before and after. So the first one that I sent you is the first test that I did. And the second one is the one that I just took right now. And they're so different. So uh, like before my one and three were uh, like quite high. Actually, seven and eight before were like the highest or no. Seven, eight and one were the highest. And then two, three, four and five were kind of like the same and then I really am not a nine or a six but Mm. this time around I'm really low on one and two and then three is kind of the same and I'm really high on seven and eight and I'm really high on four and five more than I was like before even like four and five are almost the same height as seven and eight this time whereas before they were like my some of my lowest ones so this is weird to me because we're meant to be the same personality type according to the like the main one that everyone talks about. And we are almost complete opposites. Like look at I my know. ones compared to before and after. Yeah, I just to her. Oh, your before and after are identical, basically. Essentially, yeah. It's like the nine, the one, and the two are all near the top. This time the two has overtaken. Last time I got a one um, as my main one. Um, but mine does this like very elegant spiral from nine, one and two being the highest. And then they progressively roughly get smaller. I've got quite a high six, which is weird because your sixes and your nine are really low, whereas mine are really high. Um, and your the seven and yeah. eight are completely opposite. But it's funny because I my- think that we're so similar personality wise that I'm very confused by this. My literally the ones that you got as your highest are my lowest and vice versa. I know, which is so strange. Oh my gosh, I'm so confused. Yeah, so am I. Um, super weird. So, so here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I think, based off of what I'm just looking on, uh, crystals they have like full page descriptions of each one. I think I potentially might be an eight wing seven. Okay. And not a seven wing eight, because I just read both of them. And uh, seven wing eight does not sound like me at all. But eight wing seven really sounds like me for the most part. Oh, or maybe I said that wrong. Let me read. Let me. Oh, no. Just kidding. I think I'm a seven wing eight, not an eight wing seven. <laughs> I, think I just that's what read you... them. I got that wrong. I, think, I thought that I can't was remember what which one maybe. I said. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is. Um, this is what it says for seven wing eight. Are you ready? <clears throat> How do you get it to do the wing thing? Oh, so I, I, I literally just typed in. So which, what wing do you want to, which wing do you think you are? See, what's annoying 
is I'm definitely going to be a wing one because my three was lower, but my second highest was the nine. So a a two wing nine? You no, a two you nine. Can't be a two nine. You have to be a two one or a two three because the ones right next to it are the ones that are the most relevant to the two. I think you should look at what nine one is, what one nine is, what two one is, and one two is. Yeah, so if my predominant is definitely two, then I'm going to definitely be a two one. But yeah, I don't know though. Maybe maybe not because like this is not technically what my results said. But after reading through all of them, I am I am positive this is what I'm supposed to be. Okay, well that means that you've got an accurate result. So let's hear it. Uh, okay, so seven. So let's let's read what sevens are basically mm-hmm. first. So type sevens want to feel like they're living life to the fullest and experiencing all the world has to offer them. They are outgoing and spontaneous with a passion for action. They thrive as travelers, designers, photographers, and writers. Cool. Sounds like which you. is which is me, right? And so a type eight is. Um, Type eights want to feel like they have control over their own fate. They are strong, attention-commanding leaders, skilled in quick, effective decision-making. They excel as marketing leaders, lawyers, advisors, directors, sales experts, uh, which is also what I do basically in work. Mm-hmm. So like, se- I think I'm a seven wing eight. So I think that I'm a seven, but like I'm a work eight. <laughs> which makes sense. And when um, I when I go to the, the seven wing eight personality um, like thing, it says <laughs> their basic desire is to be content and satisfied. They love experiencing the world by traveling and going to parties. Opportunists defend themselves by justifying others' negative actions and rationalizing away bad feelings. It basically says, in summary, Enneagram seven wing eights. Uh, tend to prioritize optimism and gratification, seek opportunity and experiences, um, are afraid of missing out, love the company of others, and justify negative actions and feelings. Which, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, th- are my strengths are supposed to be that I'm high energy and positive, naturally self-confident and charismatic. <laughs> um, I have a good ability to be assertive, which I definitely am. And... Um, I can remain calm in crises, but my weaknesses, and this is where I think that I, I probably am the most, is um, uh, being perceived as impatient or blunt, mm-hmm. <laughs> focusing too heavily on their career, uh, difficulty following through on plans, which like, if you know me in my actual day to day life, this is very accurate. And, um, yeah, like that's, that's basically me. Yeah. So what this is sounding like is it's actually doing a good job of supplementing the 16 personalities test for once. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just that we took the wrong test last time. But we took the same test this, this last time. Well, we, no, we took two different ones and you're getting your information from the one that we didn't take last time. Right. That's true. That's true. I don't. I don't like what the what the other one says. Even though I, taking the other one is what made me realize. Well, maybe I'm a, a seven eight mm-hmm. or an eight seven. Right. And then I looked on the other one. They have better descriptions on the other one. So, um, I'm a type two. So what does that mean? People with the type two personality tend to be generous, altruistic, 
altruistic, empathetic in their be- and empathetic in their behavior. Hardworking and motivated people with a drive to connect with the world. They love attending to other people and feeling helpful, which is all pretty true for me. The most basic desire for a type two is to be fully loved and accepted. They often express this by being extremely attentive to the needs of those around them and helping other people in any way they can. People who identify as type two may repress their own negative emotions or channel them into more positive or typically accepted emotions in order to be perceived as more desirable. They have a basic fear of being unwanted or unloved by those around them. Type two may believe consciously or subconsciously that love is only gained or earned by serving others. Um, In summary, Enneagram type two personalities tend to easily perceive and understand the needs of others seek acceptance and love from other people attend to the needs of those around them repress their own negative emotions and have a fear of being unwanted or disliked i just repeated what the beginning thing said because they bullet pointed it finally um strengths uh they tend to be supporting and encouraging of those around them ability to naturally recognize the needs of others warm loving positive attitude persistence and dedication to the tasks at hand drive to get to know other people um, weaknesses, seeking and needing approval from others, being perceived as overbearing at times, difficulty recognizing and acknowledging their own needs, disliking or being easily offended by criticism. So there are parts of this that I really agree with and parts that I, I feel like are almost too extreme for what mine is. Yeah, I, well, I feel like a lot of these like are like very... Um like this is what this is and like mm. I think that there's always room for like a little bit of uh, flexibility there I will say though I did just google it and on like a bunch of reddit threads that are all about um, like Enneagram tests so many people are like INFJs can't be seven wings eight seven wing eights but that's what I feel like I am yeah so maybe I'm just rare <laughs> I don't know I have to do some more googling but yeah, I feel like I would I would say that like most of what you just said, though, like I would say is pretty accurate to you. But like, I do agree that some of them feel a little bit more. Oops, I just hit the mic. Oops. Um, a little bit more uh, like aggressive than maybe I would say it is. Yeah. And like, I'm just briefly reading through the um, type one. And a lot of this is pretty accurate to me because the type one is pretty much about like um it's sub john it's called the idealist um they tend to be rational principled and judicial in their behavior they usually have a desire for justice and equality motivated by a strong sense of right and wrong all of those things are pretty accurate to me i just tend to be a little bit i i lack the confidence and conviction for my own opinions and i don't tend to speak out on things a lot and i'm not like sort of brave and pushy enough to have that sort of reaction to things which is I think where we differ a lot yeah that's very true I would definitely say that I do think that I am a lot more um blunt as a person in general and like a lot more um like I I I, I'm not scared of telling people what I think and then the type nine which was in theory my second biggest was the peacekeeper um tend to be accepting, optimistic, and adaptive in their behavior. They like peace and tend to avoid conflict. They tend to enjoy time alone or with smaller groups of people. This is very accurate to me as well. Avoid conflict with the world around them. Seek peace and harmony for themselves and others. Fear loss and separation. Be accepting and agreeable. Try to ignore or numb themselves to their problems. 
um, positives, able to see multiple perspectives, remaining calm and adaptable, supporting and reassuring those around them, mediating conflict between others, being open-minded and um, suspending judgment, weaknesses, difficulty facing personal conflict with others, tendency to minimize problems, avoiding difficult or upsetting situations, being passive aggressive rather than addressing conflict. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. is more me than number one. I feel like my, I definitely think that the, like the wedges thing that says something Mm -hmm. about like two and nine being my two highest is accurate to me. I feel like that there's some Mm -hmm. parts of me that are one, but I feel like I would ideally in a, in a real world situation be like a two nine, which I know is not really air quotes possible, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I, what I feel like is important to, to mention, um, which I think is kind of interesting too, because I just relooked at my numbers again. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, so I, I, I got eight as my highest on the one with all the wedges. Mm-hmm. Um, at a 98% and I got seven at a, at a 97%. Mm-hmm. But I also, which I didn't realize until I was just reading this right now. Um, I also got personality type four as my, at 97%. So I'm equally as much seven as I am four, according to the test, which to me is like, I'm like, how those are like complete opposite sides of the spectrum. But then when I go and read what Enneagram type four is, um, it's literally called like the creative. And it's like four seek individuality and authenticity authenticity for themselves and others they are expressive sensitive souls with a passion for various art forms they make great writers designers actors and artists which like is also a hundred percent me which is why I find this Enneagram thing so frustrating because it's like I I definitely identify with like like I'm probably like a seven four eight hybrid yeah, see, if we're looking at the percentages, I got a 98% for the 2, a 96% for the 9, and a 92% for the 1. So that's the, like, that that quarter of the whole circle is all the three highest ones easily. The next highest is an 82. So, like, they are, like, a good chunk below the other ones. Um, but the 1 is the lowest of those three. So it's like I definitely... I'm 98% 2 and 96% 9. So they are definitely like the two highest ones for sure. Yeah. And like, I also have like my type 5 came up at 96%, which is quite high. But when I read what type 5s are, I was like, I don't think that that's accurate at all. So I, I, I don't know. This is my thing. Like, I feel like it's too constrained, the numbers. And I just don't understand like when people constantly, and this goes back to the whole like, astrology thing that I was saying before like I just find it too conforming yeah and that's one of the things that I quite liked about the 16 personalities test is that it tends to not be actually defining your personality quite as harshly as the Enneagram test is it kind of just looks at like what you tend to do I don't know I'm trying to figure out the words to define why I feel like they're a bit separated because I feel like they're slightly different things because they're definitely aiming at slightly different parts of your personality because otherwise we would be more similar. We both so deeply relate to our 16 personalities type. 
I, I've just gotten like deep into some Reddit threads about like about this stuff. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of people who like who believe in like that uh, uh, that you could be like a try type of personality tests so like some people are seven wing eights four wings threes nine wing ones and they like i and i'm like okay at that point you're basically saying that you hold like six of the nine personality types yeah yeah so i'm like i'm confused i think the point i was trying to get to before and i'm probably going to repeat myself now because it's been a full couple of minutes since i was talking about it and i was on a roll and now i've forgotten what i was talking about um is this is obviously aiming at like a different part of your personality from what the 16 personalities is because as i said before you and i very deeply kind of believe in and think that the 16 personalities test is accurate yet we are so different when it comes to this part of the personality quizzes like my lowest are your highest and your highest are my lowest like that's odd to me and a little bit interesting but also like yeah, I feel like this is the sort of thing where you, you should be taking all of these and, like, taking different parts from them because I think they must be aiming at slightly different parts of the personality because some of this is overlapped. Like, this is definitely – a lot of this is overlapped with my 16 personalities result, but yours definitely aren't. And I'd say that you were definitely both the things that you were looking at. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely I definitely think that I am a creative type, and I definitely also – like, like I, I – I, like, that – the type four, like – that I, I I identify with I I am an artist through and through like that's what I do all the time I'm constantly creating art but at the same time I highly identify with type seven in the sense that like my entire like last eight years of my life has all been about traveling and mm. uh like and living life to the fullest experience everything the world has to offer and all of those things and then when it comes to my job I definitely lean towards type eight tendencies Mm -hmm. so like i don't think the test is necessarily inaccurate in the data that it's showing me because it's showing that i am scoring really high in these areas that are what i i would say that i do kind of like identify with but at the same time i don't i just don't feel like i am like yeah i'm definitely number seven yeah i'm definitely number four i'm definitely number eight yeah and yeah, I agree with you. Like, I don't think that I am in end all, be all, a number two. I think that would be cutting myself way too short. Um, because whilst that is definitely a part of my personality, I I don't feel like it. Feel it felt slightly too aggressively that to be me, if that makes sense. Like, I I definitely identify with a lot of that, but I don't think that that's the extent of. And, like, you know how all these people talk about how, like, seen they feel when they do this test? And it's like, oh, my God, this has touched a part of my soul and I feel so seen and, like, this has changed my life. I don't feel that way so much for this. And I don't know whether it's because I have self-awareness or whether it's because I've done the 16 personalities thing and I've been aware of that for so long. And you and I have also done the love languages tests in the past. You've done it before, haven't you? Yeah, we've done, I've done so many of these of these things. Could be kind of interesting to do the love languages test another week because I think that's a completely it's a different kettle of fish. But I think the love languages is quite interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. I haven't done it in a while. I so haven't done it I in a long time either. To, I'd be interested to see if um, it would it would 
uh, change. The love languages test, by the way, is something that I truly think is a huge game changer when it comes to having relationships with not just a romantic partner, but with like just friends in general, because you get to understand what is important to them. Um, Mm -hmm. But we can talk about that another day. I think the love languages test, if you don't believe in this kind of personality, zodiacs kind of stuff, I genuinely think the love languages test is good for no matter who you are. I think it's important. Yeah. It just shows. Yeah, it's more about. It's more about communication with the people in your life. Yeah, it it basically tells you what you and the people around you take most highly as the form of love. It's like what what makes them feel most affectionate towards that person when they do something for you. And it's and like what do they value the most when it comes to the time that they spend with you. But anyway, not the point. We can do that another time. Um But yeah, I don't I don't know whether it's because we both have so much experience with these other things and we have some self-awareness about ourselves or whether there's just something about this that doesn't quite sit as well as the other ones I don't know yeah I don't yeah I guess I guess and this comes down to like really probably my own mental block with it that it's based off of just watching um like people constantly sharing memes like I was saying like before like on online and my inability to identify with certain things because I don't feel like the memes are ever accurate and this is another one of those things where it's like I don't every time I see memes for like type sevens or eights or whatever like I don't know um yeah I don't know I think the biggest thing for me with this as well as we kind of touched on before is that so many of these are quite high percentages that it kind of starts feeling like and like yeah everybody is like a certain element of each of these things like everyone's going to be a little bit of like a skeptic to things like worried about security and like everyone's going to be a little bit of someone who is like creative and it's meant to tell you like how much of a percentage you are of each of those things but it starts just feeling like it's just telling you you're just slightly more this than you are the other things, mm-hmm. which is also fair. Maybe I just answered my own question. Maybe that's the whole intention behind the Enneagram test. Maybe that's the point. It's meant to be like, you are all of those, all of these things. You're just more this thing. And You know what's interesting, though, about that is, like, uh, to me, like, I would think that you would be higher in a four because you're an incredibly creative person. See, I think that my four is, maybe a little bit lower than I'd like it to be, but I, I I think I'm relatively creative. I don't think that I'm super good at coming up with like incredibly creative things in my own brain. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I feel like that's also just like a, a critical thing. Maybe, but like I'm, I'm not super original with any of the creative things that I come up with. Like I'm a creative in that I love those mediums and I get so much joy and pleasure out of being creative and doing those things. I don't think that mentally I am super creative in what I come in, up with in my head a lot of the time. I think it's why I'd struggle being a graphic designer because graphic designers have to be able to come up with unique concepts and bring them to life based on like a brief. I don't think I could do that quite so much because my brain doesn't work creatively in that kind of way. Um, so like I'm creative in a slightly different way to what I expect, but yeah, I will say, as someone who does a lot of graphic design and things, it, it is it can be challenging sometimes. Like, yeah, so that I agree with. Yeah, so like I am, I am a creative insofar as I love creative things. It's what brings me joy. It is where, it, it is what I always see myself 
doing in some way, shape or form. It could be in, in many different realms, but I always see myself doing something creative with my life. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Basically, yeah. jury's out well, on this. I, 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 I would have... I'm going to ask everyone who's listening to this if you are really into these Enneagram things and are um, better at like understanding them than we are maybe let us know and tell us if we're doing this wrong (laughs) please because we feel like there's something maybe we're just expecting too much out of it maybe we're expecting what the 16 personalities test is which is they put you in one bucket and basically like it's meant to be like this is mostly what you are whereas this kind of gives you a like you're higher here you're a bit lower here but you are still a little bit of all of this stuff which I think is accurate to life it's like everyone has a little bit of everything in them but like I don't know it just something about completely dropping off a lot of them I don't know it's something something about it doesn't sit quite right and I can't quite figure out what it is so please do if you're you're really into this please help us figure out what we're doing wrong and whether we're not appreciating like a very fundamental part of this that we haven't quite picked up on yet yeah like yeah um well with all that being said i guess maybe we should wrap this up with what we were supposed to start this with and didn't actually do which is what are you reading currently what are you listening to currently and what are you watching and i reckon we should be try and be like zippy with this because this is probably going to be quite a long podcast but um i am currently reading several different books because I have so many books from the library that I have to get through because I mentioned last week or the week before Coley went through and recommended a whole bunch of lighthearted romance books for me I assumed that because they're all relatively popular books they'd take a while to get to me I was wrong they've all turned up in the same month so I have maybe 10 books from the library that are all due early February and I think I'm going to have to pick and choose which ones I'm going to read and I'm going to have to return some because there's no way I'm going to get through all of them um, and just reorder them later but um, mm-hmm. as a result, I'm reading like a couple of books at the same time. I still haven't finished um, the Natalie Tan one because I've been, again, on a sewing kick rather than a reading kick because I've been home and enjoying sewing. So I don't know how many of these I'm going to get through. I do wonder whether having so many of them on my bedside table is overwhelming me to the point of not doing any of them, which I know is a very typical thing for me to do because perfectionism and all that kind of crap. So like, yeah, Coley's like, life. yeah. <laughs> Her and her 150 yeah. unread books. Fuck off. I know. It's so bad. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. Oh, well. To be fair, I've bought a lot of books over the last few years and not read any of them, which is part of the reason I went on a book buying ban last year for six months um, to force myself to read from my shelf rather than buying new books all the time. Okay, yeah, but you went on a book buying ban and you had like 20 unread books. It took me to get to like 200 before I was like, okay, maybe I should slow down. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't have a huge, like I've got a pretty big collection, but to be fair, most of my book collection is philosophy books. Like if we- Yeah, that's true. If we spin coal around to my bookshelf, this is my philosophy shelf. I have a whole shelf Mm -hmm. dedicated to philosophy books. These are my like modern fiction to be read these are modern fiction, mostly half read, half not. And then the top shelf is like major book series and a bit of modern fiction. Um, like I don't have a huge amount of books. I have a decent chunk of books, but I'm not quite on the same page as somebody we all know and love dearly. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, I, I, I would, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say something, but I forgot. What are you reading? How about you go there? 
Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm currently reading A Certain Hunger by uh, Chelsea Summers. And this is the story of a food critic writer who is also a cannibal serial killer. Is this one we talked about last week where you were really obsessed with the cover art and it's like, yeah, right. How are you finding it? I have started it. I have only one chapter in. So I can't say too much, but um, I loved the first chapter. Um, My my personal favorite, I'm just going to read everybody a line from it. And uh, I I, I do forewarn you, it's a little bit inappropriate, but. um, Well, curious for about 15 seconds if you're sensitive. Yeah, so this is my favorite. Uh, Later, though not much later, I'd explore the inside of this young man's mouth with my tongue and my fingers. It would taste of bourbon and anui. His mouth would explore the lemon and salt of my pussy. It would taste of multiple orgasms and poor judgment. Wow. Is that not an amazing fucking line? When I read that, I was like, I'm already going to love this book. <laughs> I kind of want to read it. I am 100% have to go to, have to, going to have to put an explicit tag on this episode just for that line yeah. now. Do I have yeah, to bleep some it, of those out? That's, that's like... Nah, it's fine. <laughs> just adult content warning. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like... And it's not that long of a book. It's... Uh, like 250 pages and it's kind of interesting because it's almost written like almost like a faux memoir as the woman is and from the beginning she's kind of like yeah like my downfall was me killing this guy that I didn't really like Mm. um and he was just a fling because I used to only murder the men that I love and that's how I ended up in prison so it's kind of like her reflecting back on this is kind of the vibe I'm getting from the first um First chapter, but dude, it's, I, yeah, the first chapter has my hopes very high for the rest of it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I will add it to the list of many things that I need to read because Coley's recommended them to me. Shall we yeah. <laughs> move on to, yeah. what are you listening to? You, you said that you had something new for this, so. Okay, have you, have you heard about this, this love triangle between these three Disney stars that were on High School Musical? the musical the show oh, which is the dumbest the the new version that we were time. too old for yeah yes. so i don't know anything <laughs> sure. about this right and i'm like i'm like oh you know what i'm just i'm just scrolling on instagram and i i keep seeing all of these um like tiktok memes and like uh like whatever i i sound like a fucking 40 year old person when i i i say these things i feel like i'm so old I but know. um so I was watching this like these TikToks that were coming up on my Instagram because I don't actually have TikTok that kept being like I haven't been this invested in a in a, a Disney uh, love triangle since Justin my or no Miley Nick and Selena and I was like okay well now my ears are perked because that was my whole life mm-hmm. and basically there's this girl her name is Olivia and Olivia came out with this new song called Driver's License it is s- incredible. I highly recommend it. I've had it on repeat since it came out. I've like watched people reacting to it on YouTube. And a lot of the people who do like song reactions on YouTube uh, were all like, I've never heard of this girl. I have no idea who she is. I don't know what any of this is, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. And they all came out of it being like, holy shit, this is an incredible song. Rolling Stones like raved about it anyways. So Basically, the whole song is about her being still in love with her co-star who left her for an older woman. Okay. Whoa. 
I know. So she was 17. He was 19. And he's now dating this 20-year-old girl. And she sings about it in the song about how he taught her how to drive and how she was so excited to get her driver's license because it meant that he could, she could go to his house. And then he, she can't go to his house because they're broken up and he's off with this blonde girl who she's so insecure about because she's so much older than her. Anyways, it's great. Highly recommend. There's my little spiel. I've loaded it up on Spotify to listen to after we're done. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a sexy ballad. It gives me um, Taylor Swift meets Lord vibes. I'm into that. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good, and the music video is cool. So that's what I've been listening to. But the album cover is pretty cool. Um, just looking at yeah. it. Yeah, I honestly I've just been re-listening to a lot of all the same stuff that I listen to all the time. So there's nothing mm-hmm. new and exciting going on in my listens like at all. Um. And then we just go back to the homepage of Spotify and see if there's anything. Uh, nope. The the shortcuts <laughs> the shortcuts is um, Fine Line by Harry Styles, which is kind of new. Like I've been listening to that a lot recently, which I hadn't before. So that's kind of new and exciting. Um, I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dua is still in there. Mac Miller's still in there. Um, Billie Eilish is still in there. Like... All of, all of my normal go-tos. I pulled up um, the album I Love You from The Neighborhood um, because someone used Sweater Weather on a reel on on Instagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, that album. I listened to that, like, so much when I was in my first year of uni. Um, mm-hmm. That has, like, some slightly overwhelmed and, like, really sad memories associated with it because it was, like, a rough time. But and I listened to a couple of songs off it. I was like, objectively, good album don't laugh how I feel when I listen to it so I stopped listening to it (laughs) um yeah it's one of those albums that has like a lot of like emotional memory to it um that's fair yeah so that's kind of what's been going on listening to a lot of the same things I listened to a few more um podcasts this week than I have been in the previous weeks I listened to a lot of the daily this past week what's happening I don't know, my, my thing just started playing Netflix. I don't know why. Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, I listened to a lot of The Daily this week. Them um, talking about nice. the invasion of the Capitol was really interesting. They always do a, such a good job of reporting anything yeah. on The Daily. That I, uh, New York Times is my favorite. Yeah, I so appreciate the work and effort and just the way that they write, the way that they talk about things on their podcast. Their podcast is brilliant. Um, there are some episodes which I actively decide not to listen to, the pandemic ones. As of late, I've kind of stopped listening to. Um, mm-hmm. But anything to do with the US po- um, politics, I tend to listen to, just because I don't really need to have um, the dire element of COVID thrown at me all the time anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I feel like if I was in the clear of the pandemic the way that New Zealand is, I wouldn't want to listen to anything about it anymore. I was like, I don't need to listen to the intricacies of how bad it is in the States. Like, I know it's bad. No. I, I know yeah. that, like, lockdowns are happening. I don't need to know the details of what's going on. It's not the country I'm in. I don't need to be as aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. I need to be aware of it enough to be, like, knowing what's going on in the world. But I don't need to listen to a 40-minute episode talking about this particular element of pandemic response and america it's just too much stress for my little brain um you watching anything interesting yes oh yeah oh that's what started playing on my on my computer was my netflix open because i still have it open in like a different tab and i clicked the wrong tab Mm -hmm. um it is called night stalker 
the okay. hunt for a serial killer. Okay, so now here I am. I feel like I've mentioned two things about serial killers in like one episode, guys. I like true crime. But um, so the Night Stalker, the hunt for a serial killer is a new series on uh, Netflix that just came out literally yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a limited series. It's four episodes. And it's all about the Night Stalker, who was a serial killer in the 80s. Um that is absolutely insane. Like most serial killers, the reason that people can figure out that they're a ser- serial killer is like they they murder people like very similarly with similar techniques and do things like the same way over and over again, right? They have patterns. They have like yeah. weird fetishes, right? So what's weird about the Night Stalker is he... Um, he didn't. He used like a wide variety of weapons. He um, murdered a wide variety of different type of pe- types of people. He murdered like anyone from like people's in their forties and fifties and sixties to like young girls, um, th- like any ethnicity, whatever. But he also, at the same time as being a serial killer and murdering people constantly, he was also, like, kidnapping young children, molesting them, and then setting them away for free. Which never happens. And so the first episode was all about how the first detective was, like, that had kind of, like, the case... Um, he he was like, well, I think that these might be the same person. And everyone laughed at him. And they were like, someone's not a serial killer and a child molester. Like, come on. They're usually one or the other. They pick a fetish. Mm. But this guy didn't. He's got all the fetishes. And he's got all the, like, he's just a weirdo. He's super crazy. So, um, and what I like about this documentary series is most serial killer documentaries focus on the murderer. Mm-hmm. But... This series is actually focusing a bit more on the detectives and like the um, the the techniques they used to try and find him and how they tried to like track him down. And they focus more on like the victims and the detectives than they do the actual guy himself, which is interesting to me because I've always loved crime shows where they focus on like the puzzle of trying to find these people. I've never loved Mm -hmm. watching the perspective of the crazy person because that starts becoming so real that I like worry about real life. Cause I'm like hypersensitive about like a million different things. Um, yeah. So like I, I kind fair. of enjoy the puzzle element of the, the legal side of it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'd actually be yeah. kind of interested by it. Yeah. I, I love, I love true crime things like serial killer documentaries are Julian and I's favorite thing to watch on on Netflix and I love true crime podcasts I love I don't know what it is about listening to about like really fucked up people but somehow it makes me feel more normal <laughs> yeah I, I know what you mean it's like you, you see the sort yeah. of the extremes of society and then it puts things into perspective right yeah and I always like used to think that I was like a freak for really loving like true crime stuff but then there, there's like so many people now that I follow on Instagram that all like are like I love true crime so I saw so many like especially bookstagrammers that I follow for some reason bookstagrammers loving true crime is something that correlates in my feed but a lot of they them were are all into like horror like a lot of them yeah that's true too that's true too and like just like thriller books in general crime mm. crime books so Um, Yeah, that's what I've been watching. I love it. Highly, highly obsessed with it so far. We're only on episode one. We've got three episodes left. Julie and I are going to watch more of them tonight, and I'm stoked. 
fact. Nice. I do need something new to watch because I feel like I'm just rewatching. And to be fair, like I'm I'm not really watching television to just watch television at the moment. I'm watching stuff while I'm doing other things. So like while I'm sewing. So rewatching things that I've already seen kind of works for me in that regard. I've always been like that where I'll like just very happily rewatch my favorite TV series in the background while I do other things because I know the plot. I know what's happening. I can jump in and out and not be too stressed about it. Um so I've been rewatching Big Bang Theory for that very reason. Like I, I know the plot line roughly, and mm-hmm. if you miss two minutes of it because you're out of the room and you come back, it's like it's not a big thing to just skip backwards. Um, yeah, I haven't actually started watching anything. We are thinking about watching. Is it Bridgerton? Is that the new one that came out? That is like Gossip Girl meets The Crown, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, based in, like, Pride and Prejudice era, and there's, like, a a black queen of England, and they're, like, it's some sort of, like, romance, like, drama thing. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really good. I've heard some um, commentary on the problematic elements of it. Um, I'm still quite keen to see it, just because it has been described to me as like a combination between Gossip Girl and The Crown and I'm kind of into that. That sounds like a slightly like lighthearted, interesting take on like doing gossipy shows like I don't know, it sounds just interesting to me. I kinda wanna watch it as a flat because I think that um it would be a fun mm-hmm. one to watch with a bunch of other people. Honestly, Shonda Rhimes is just such a television genius that I'm sure anything she does will be excellent. This was the reason that my friend Megan started watching it because she was because she's the one that um, was the one of the producers for Grey's Anatomy, right? Uh, Shonda Rhimes created Grey's Anatomy. She created Scandal, and she created um, her other one was How to Get Away with Murder. Right, all incredible TV shows. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that bodes well. <laughs> So I'm yeah, going to probably so. start watching that. Also, the New Zealand Bachelorette is coming back soon. Oh, yeah. So nice. I hate, with a passion, the American Bachelor and Bachelorette. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I've if, if you love it, like, all good things to you. We all are different things. I just watched it and it just felt so fake and so horrible in a lot of different ways. Like, the fact that they're all just, like, making out with each other after 30 minutes of talking. Or, like, 20 minutes of talking, even. There's nothing real about any of it. It just... Sh- it, the whole thing felt so performative. The New Zealand one is so much more wholesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this sounds awful, but I find all Americans on reality television annoying, for the most part. Like, like love... Like, I, I love Island... Prime example, um, Bachelor, uh, I'm trying to, even like Amazing Race, like anything that there's like a non-American version of it, I will always watch it. Because there's just some, I don't know, there's something about it that like, I find like people are too concerned about their image the entire time they're on it and like how they're going to build their social brand afterwards, mm. that they're they're just not like real. Yeah. The New Zealand Bachelorette, we watched... Zara Mitchell and I watched together last year and it was like three nights a week and we never watched it without each other. So like if one of us was not going to be there, we would wait until the next day and we would watch it together. Um, And it was just a lot of fun. It's like the typical Kiwi culture of everybody being like quite chill and it was very wholesome and quite lovely and we all enjoyed it so much. Um, I love it. So I'm really looking forward to it. What was your take if we're talking about like um, American versions versus international versions. What's your take on Jersey versus Geordie Shore? I think Geordie Shore is funnier. Yes, I do too. Significantly more funny. Yeah, I think Geordie Shore is funnier. I think Jersey is like, so 
if I want to if I want to watch something to get a laugh, I'm going to watch Geordie Shore. If I want to if I want to watch something that's going to make me feel better about myself, then I'm going to watch Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> real. <laughs> which like which is awful, but like so when I when I was at home, like when I was in high school, if I was homesick like cuz I had the flu or something, I would stay at home and I would binge watch cuz MTV would always do um Jersey Shore like marathons during the day mm-hmm. on on the show. So that's what I would do as if I was sick at home, I would literally just put on Jersey Shore. And that doesn't is not because I like Jersey Shore at all because I really actually don't. I think Jersey Shore is something that I would actually like actively go and watch whereas Jersey Shore was always something that was like I need something as mindless as possible to watch. Yeah, I actively sought out Geordie Shore. Like, when I was at uni, it was, like, a really, like, mind-numbing, easy thing to watch that was, like, quite enjoyable to watch. And I, 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 I don't know, it was, it was fun. And it was easy, and it was, like, you don't have to think about it much. And it was funny. I never actively watched Jersey Shore because it, it irritated me, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah, like, I couldn't tell you any anything about Jersey Shore except for, like, gym tan laundry. That's about it. Yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah, so I, I, it was never something, like, it was always something I would only watch when I, I was, like, at home sick. I would never mm-hmm. have, like, purposely wanted to watch it. I would never re-watch it, yeah. if you know what I mean. No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I also know yeah. about falling victim to the MTV, um, like, marathons that they would put on during the middle of the day when you're homesick from school yeah that's that was like literally all i would ever do when i was sick Mm. i would just like put on the most mindless tv things possible and i would just sit all day yeah i know what you mean anyway we've been going at this for quite a while (laughs) yeah i this file is gonna be massive for you but we keep stopping and starting so i feel like it's just gonna be it's gonna be a bitch for you to edit i'm sorry (laughs) yeah it will be i'll probably have to start a little bit earlier than i normally do so i don't get so stressed out by it but that's okay um we might do at some point maybe not next week but some point in the next couple of weeks we might do the love languages one which will be interesting um yeah i think that'll be fun but definitely get in touch with us if you can give us some more insight on the Enneagram tests. Um, give us some more context mm-hmm. for them. Make us believe in them a little bit more. I mean, I don't I don't not believe in them. That's like a, un, an unfair assessment. I don't know. Just something. I don't know. I can't, put, I can't put words to it. I don't know what the right words are. It's very unhelpful, I know. But mm-hmm. anyway. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll, um, we're slowly going to start getting back onto a weekly schedule from now i think so you'll um hopefully see us popping up a bit more regularly in your in your subscriptions on spotify or wherever you get your podcast from we're everywhere by the way if that's yeah. of interest to you because i made sure we chose a platform that like dished it out to everyone so that everyone was happy yeah well thanks guys and we'll catch you guys in the next one see ya <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We're getting weirder and weirder with the end part of that. <laughs>